clap of praise. He's worthy. Amen. I want you to give these musicians a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Amen. Did you appreciate that? Good music. Amen. Good to have Brother Bobby Hayton here. His, wasn't he wonderful? Give our Brother Bobby a hand. <laughs> the rest of you guys are just normal. We're just used to it. <laughs> now go ahead and give them a hand clap also. Amen. Amen. God bless you to all of our visitors. Highway to heaven, Brother Andrew, if you go ahead and play that. Amen. We just want to say welcome, amen, to the house of the Lord in 2023. Amen. We're still here. The devil's still here, but the Lord is still the Lord of hosts. Amen. Turn around and shake somebody's hand. Greet them this morning. Amen. Welcome all of our visitors to the house of God. It's a highway to heaven. None can walk up there but the pure in heart. It's a
walking up the kings. All right, play it. be seated. We got a few specials. Brother Stephen Short, would you come with Sister Sharon and Brother Chris also if they'd come? Isn't it so good? Is Brother Chris in here? There he is. Good to have, amen, the short boys here. Let's give them a hand as they come. We also want Brother Stephen, after they sing as a trio, we've got Brother Stephen to have a special, just uh, one that he's got. He's been requested. Just about the manger where the baby lay. It's not all about the angels who sang for him that day. It's not all about the shepherd or the bright and shining star. It's not, it's not all about the wise men who traveled from afar. It's about the cross, it's about my sin, it's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled treasures or the trophies that I've won. It's not about the righteousness that I find within. It's all about His precious blood that saves me from my
love the Lord. This song here, uh, I didn't give Brother Andrew any time to practice. So uh, anyway, but it's a, it's a really good song. And uh, I know I was asked to sing another one. But uh, I think this one is, uh, I think the Lord wants me to sing this one. Amazing love that all was has ransomed this heart of mine the light of the whole universe gave his life that I could shine I said Lord I'm not worthy that you should die for me. He said, my child, don't you worry. See, I formed your destiny and you are Yeah. 
He has washed my sins all away. Is the perfect lamb was crucified that I might stand justified but I said Lord I'm not worthy you know my history but he said my love can't you that you are a part of me and you are blameless blameless for I have paid the price you are shameless completely and demand justice be served. But the mighty judge with his own blood sovereignly declares that you are blameless, blameless. Thankful for that. Glory. Amen. We've got a uh, request, a special request um, for the group that sang with Brother Aaron to come and sing that again. So why don't we give them a hand as they make their way. <clears throat> got a ring here. You could drop it down on all three of those mics.
Amen. Let's give them another hand as we stand to our feet. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. It's 1130 now. We're going to change the order of the service. Amen. So thankful for all the good singing and music and worship. Amen. I just want to always say, Lord, let us be pleasing in everything that we do. Amen. Let us be pleasing to the Lord. You ready for the word this morning? Amen. How many came with an expectation, maybe a need? You just want to raise a hand and say, Lord, here's my need this morning. Amen. Now we're changing to the most important part. We've had good singing, good music, but this is why we come to church. This is why we gather. Amen. Not to hear from a good speaker, but to hear from the Lord Jesus, to say, Lord, come down my row, my aisle. You, those of that are maybe not feeling well, I know the Carters aren't here sick with the virus, and so we just want to be remembering them and different ones, traveling various ones. We just have this request. May the presence of the Lord just be with them wherever they're at. Amen this morning. Let's sing this song together. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Let's go down. Let's go down. Let's go to this. Let's go to see. Jaira. Could you raise your hands now? Sing it. My provider. You are more. You are more than enough for me. Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, you're my healer by your stripes and by your stripes I've been set free. Still a healer this morning. You're my. 
say it to him in prayer often Lord you're more than enough you're more than enough for me I don't need anything but Christ in Christ alone I stand amen all other ground is sinking sand I have found it to be so there is little value in life if you don't gain eternal life amen we've made that point before There's, that's the real value of being given life here so that you can acquire eternal life. If you don't, then life's really pointless and, re- and really barely worth living at all. Amen. So we love the Lord. We thank Him for a wonderful spirit of worship here this morning. God bless you all. We've got um, a couple out sick and a number traveling. We're going to go to prayer for them, um, asking the Lord to help them. Amen, sir. Thank you. Please remember Michael Carter in prayer. He's 35 years old, believer from Virginia that was diagnosed with liver cancer. He goes back to Duke on January 19 for CT scans and MRI. Please help us pray that all will be well. Also, um, Sister Phyllis has been communicating with me about her sister. We've we put it in the uh, ministry team chat for prayer. Um, and uh, the brothers have been praying for this need. God is moving. And uh, it's, a, it's a little bit of an update here. There's a lot to it. I don't want to read it all this morning. But there, uh, there's a prayer request for her surgery to come on Tuesday. So it was real touch and go. They didn't know what was wrong. And so now they've, they've managed to figure out what they believe it to be. But my, I'd love to see the great physician just touch her before Tuesday morning and this brother here and the different members of our family. I see, um, uh, don't see Sister Amy. I guess her and Sister Mina still uh, not feeling well this morning. And uh, Brother Mark and Sister Tabitha also in different ones. But we're happy in the Lord. Praise God. Happy to have all of you here and some visitors. Amen. Still with us. Happy to have all of them. Praise the Lord. That was some fine music this morning. My, I was in the back room trying to study. It was so distracting, but... <laughs> Not really. It actually had me just in the perfect frame of mind. And so I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate our visiting brothers uh, playing here with us. Amen. Brother Hayden's brother here and different ones. And so, amen. Be careful, brother, because when we like somebody, we tend to hang on to them. So, so what, yeah, watch out for that. Amen. Don't, whatever you do, don't let them take you to the beach and get sand between your toes. That stuff is addictive. 
Amen. It's like, like a drug, so don't, don't do that or you'll mess up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Other visitors in our midst today. Amen. Happy to have our homeboys here. Enjoyed that song this morning. Amen. And all the wonderful singing that we heard. We're going to invite you uh, to the Word of God this morning. If you'll find Daniel, that's pretty easy to find. And go two books over, you're running right straight into the prophet Joel. And so a lot of times those little small books are hard to locate and I don't want to put anybody in a panic, so just find Daniel. Amen. That's a big one. And go two books over, you'll find the book of Joel. We want to read a prophecy quite relevant to us today. And then I'll be praying over these uh, various sickness needs. Uh, brother. Yeah. Oh, I was pronouncing that Hayden. I thought it was a, a T. It's a D, Hayden. Okay, praise the Lord. All right, got that right now. Praise the Lord. I like being right. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to speak to you today on the spirit of lawlessness. Amen. Uh, first, just, a, just leaping into the new year. How many are happy to be alive and well in the new year? My, I was, uh, I was looking through my morning devotionals early this morning, and, I, and of all the ones, uh, you know, I have a whole stack of them that I go through. <clears throat> and, and so I... Um, Oh, you're fired, son. Wow, you forgot to take up the offering. Amen. Oh, okay, it's rusty. Brother Luther, you put the basket in the back back there. And you, Brother Bram said no service is complete without taking up an offering. So we'll have it at the back, and you can give uh, to the Lord as you go out today. <clears throat> Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, so, brother, I was reading and I come across a devotional for January 1 from Charles Spurgeon. And, you know, I, I'm guessing Charles, brother Charles, wrote that uh, on December 31 because he's talking about how wonderful it'll be if tomorrow we get to go home. <laughs> And he was just saying, the end of the year, what, what if this was just the end of all of our troubles and trials and it was all done and we were, he we were headed home tomorrow? Wouldn't that be grand? And, and then he, he kind of reflects, you know, to say, well, if it's not, then we'll just carry on. We'll just keep on going. You know, yeah, that, that's peace forevermore, but we have the peace of God now. Amen. So, you know, they're, they're in that wonderful divine presence, but we got that divine presence. So if he, so he, he kind of almost in a melancholy way said, so if it's not, and we have to carry on, we'll just carry on. <laughs> I thought, brother, oh my, I'm so encouraged by that today. I woke up this morning and I was thanking God. I said, Lord, you're giving me another opportunity, another year to forge ahead. <clears throat> and I want to be in that number. Amen. In that number. When the redeemed go marching home, I want to be in that number. Amen. Praise the Lord. Joel chapter 2. <clears throat> We're going to catch verses 23 through 27. Now I want to... Uh, remind you, uh, and I want to, for especially being a Sunday and, and the streaming and different things, and Brother Matt, uh, 
we'll be uh, making a, a splash, a, 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 an advertisement for it for our website. And Oh, it's up. Very good, son. And uh, it's announcing our meetings coming in March uh, with Brother Donnie. So spread the word near and far <clears throat> and uh, invite all your neighborhood. Bring them. Amen. And so I'm trying. I don't know if we can pull it off, but I would love uh, to bring uh, the, the pastor from... Uh, from um, let's see, what country is he from? I think he's from, uh, um, no, uh, where is, what's, what's Lagos the cap, uh, capital of? Nigeria. <clears throat> Whew, okay. Um, the capital of Nigeria. And he's, a, I think he's a pastor there in Nigeria. And he's actually, you may have heard of him. He's actually a young pastor. And he was the one, you may have heard the story about, he was actually kidnapped by, by terrorists for ransom and held, I think, for more than a month. And, of course, his family was poor. And we, uh, brother, brother Emmanuel Ibruka, that's his name. And uh, I got to see a snippet of his testimony. Wow. I'll just say it backwards. Wow. And this brother was so powerful in captivity. Those people never got money. They finally had to let him go because they realized they had a man of God. And so powerful was his testimony among them that half the team wanted to kill him and the other half said, we'll kill you if you kill him. And, and by the time it was all over, one of the kidnappers or maybe one or more of them now is at his church. Wow, I mean, Satan kidnapped the wrong guy. And they grabbed him after a Sunday morning. I thought, my, I, I've never had to worry about leaving here on a Sunday morning after preaching and I get kidnapped and then... Uh, and that's literally on his way home. They nabbed him. And uh, he has an electrifying testimony. That's just a little little preview. And we're trying to see if I can bring him at the same time. And uh, if, he, if we do get him here, it'll be up to the, if we can get him visas and all that. Uh, if we do, then we'll start our meetings a day earlier than the announcement because I only had the inspiration for it this morning. So we will, we, instead of starting on the third, we'll start on the second. We'll bring him in and we'll let him kick it off and then also take uh, a Saturday morning and let him give his full in-depth testimony to us. And then we'll turn him loose to preach the first night and then let him give his testimony or vice versa, however the Lord leads. Amen. So, uh, but we're looking forward to that. So pray will you? And that the Lord will work that out. It won't be as easy as it used to be. Um, governments have really tightened tightened up, especially in this political environment that we live in today. But my goodness, I sure, w I sure hope it can work. Amen. To get Brother Emmanuel here. Very, very fine young pastor. So we're looking forward to that. All right. Let's read in our text, Joel chapter 2, verse 23 to 27. <clears throat> This, this is going to amaze you that I'm going to read this with a title, The Spirit of Lawlessness, all right? Verse 23, be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately and will cause to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. So there's a prophecy when the former and latter rain were going to be brought in the same month, close together, all right? And the floors, here will be the result. 
This is your day in case you need a helper with that. This is your day. And the floors shall be full of wheat, the former and latter rain, because the Laodicean age was the shortest of all ages. So the former and latter rain fall quickly together. You got that. This bringing us to harvest. How many are for harvest? All right. Um, And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. In other words, you're not... I just want to give you some, re, some relief. You're not going to be left holding the bag. You're not going to get the short end of the stick. Just relax. You'll never be ashamed. You hold on in faith in the word God has sent. Believe on him whom God has sent among us. Let me tell you something. You, you'll, you'll have a great reward for it. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never, repeats it, shall never be ashamed. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We ask for your divine help. Now, Lord, there's much more and I I was having to take out whole swaths of my notes and put it to another time. Lord, it's just far too much to try to cover this morning's and we we wanna we wanna have it just laid out perfectly, Lord, trying to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I commit it all to you now in Jesus Christ's name. Lord, there's sick among us. Father, some of our own congregation here battling sickness and virus, we speak healing for them, Lord. There's requests that have come in, Lord, and family members in distant lands and states, Lord, and other brothers, Lord, from other places and sickness everywhere. Serious cases, Lord, many of them. And I'm praying and asking, Father, for your great mercy on this request for the brother in Virginia, on Sister Phyllis's sister. You've helped her before, Lord. Help her again, oh God, for our brothers and sisters battling sickness and virus. Lord, I was having the brethren on the call in today pray for this church specifically that this flu, virus, bug, sickness, whatever it is, be done and be sent into outer darkness, Lord. May it be so, I pray. Grant it now, we ask these things of thee in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, friends. You can be seated. I covet your prayers this morning. I mean that quite earnestly because as I've said, I've, I've whittled it down and whittled it down to something that I believe that we can cover today. Hopefully, um, we'll be able to get to it all, at least everything that I would like to be able to get to. Amen. We'll leave it up to the Lord. Now, when we, let me just try to wade into this as best I can. And and it's been quite amazing to me this morning because this is actually my second time ministering. I ministered the morning Bible study on our um, on our call-in show and I our call-in uh, Bible study that we have, and I was ministering along 
the same lines, not everything, but a certain portion of this. I was ministering it this morning, so it, that part, I'm thankful, is fresh in my mind, our study of the entire book of Revelation. So we're going to correlate that this morning a little bit. But also, even as I was driving to church and all this is on my mind, and I'm thinking about, you know, Christmas, the Christmas message that we brought um, the Sunday previous, and that meant so much to me, friends. And, you know, I was, I was trying to emphasize to you without going back, I'd love to almost go back and preach that whole sermon again. But, you know, the, some of the main points were to bring you up to speed on the fact that the, the kingdom of God is already being restored. And that that's what the opening of the seven seals, the releasing of the mystery of God, I uh, say, what was the seven seals? Give it to me in a short in a short description. That's easy to do. It was the unveiling of the mighty God. That's what it was. He was hidden away as under a mystery and revealed piecemeal down through the ages of restoration. The, the church we know by the history fell away and uh, we find certain little, you can, you can find certain little points in history to correlate the prophecy. We find if we look at the, at the messenger that we would refer to him as Irenaeus, and there's different ways to pronounce that name. We'll use Brother Branham's way because I love Kentucky grammar. And so, but we find that Brother Branham, when he comes to Irenaeus, he gives us a little clue that Irenaeus was the last messenger uh, to understand the Godhead perfectly. He understood Paul's teaching on the Godhead. And when I say that, we don't mean that just that there's one God. We mean that there's God multiplied into his family. We mean that there's a many-membered parts of God's Godhead. Amen. And that it's not Jesus only, but because that's why the Jesus only group was wrong, because they didn't include his body in that. But once you understand that God has revealed himself through expression, then it starts to all come together and make sense. Then you don't get stumbled and trapped by the scripture's references to the humanity side of Jesus because he was a complete 100% man. He wasn't half man and half God. He wasn't a demigod. See, he wasn't half man, half God. He was fully man, yet fully God, which is a paradox that can't be, but it is. But it, and that's why it takes a revelation to understand it. And the, 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 the great strength of revelation, say, I'd like to understand it. We're not talking about understanding the details of the doctrine and trying to dot every I because even, even as ministers, there's certain elements of it that we even kind of shake our head a little bit and go, well, you know, but here, here, here's the real secret, that when you are born again of the Spirit of God, the revelation that helps you to understand the Godhead is the revelation that helps you to know who you are. And in knowing who you are, you begin by revelation to understand your relationship to the Father. Then you begin to understand Jesus' relationship to the Father. So he was the fullness of the Godhead in a single body, walking the shores of Galilee, going about doing good. But God never intended to stay bottled up like that. And Jesus said, except if they wanted to make him a king, he said, no, that's the wrong plan. Unless I, unless I die, I won't multiply. And multiplication has always been the plan. 
God expressing himself. And now it's the same God, not, in a, not the fullness in a single body, but the fullness of the Godhead in a many-membered body. Amen. Amen. The body of Christ now spread around the world. That's because, because you understand it's got to be a kingdom of saints. The kingdoms of this world. Mankind has had his run. The spirit of lawlessness. I'm here to tell you that God opened the seals to us and revealed the mighty God which we see ourselves now in it. Amen. That's what Christ's Mr. God is all about. That's what masterpiece is all about. Amen. Amen. That's what the unveiling of God is all about. That's what the token is all about. Go back and listen to those. That's, those are things that Brother Branham began to bring to us after the opening of the seals to make it more clear. Amen. See? So when you, when you find God interpreting his word, let me just give you a, a couple of principles. So when they came... When Jesus walked the earth, what you're literally, if you had been there with the disciples, what you would have been seeing and could have said, and you would have been accurate, you could have said the, the text in the Old Testament, the text that was written and recorded by, by the prophets and by scribes like Ezra, who chronicled these things and great prophets who testified of what Christ would be, that when Jesus came on the scene, text had migrated to flesh. You understand? Text had migrated to flesh. It wasn't that we did away with the text. It was that now we have an understanding in Christ of what all the prophets, priests, and kings were about. It was as if, they, as if the, the disciples could go, oh, now I get it. They were still struggling on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus started, and he, what did he do? He went back into the Old Testament and he began to show his life in the Old Testament coming forward. And then he, and what did he do? He first opened to them the scriptures. That's what a prophet did in the seals. Then he opened their understanding. That's what's happening right now. And then he opened their eyes. And when your eyes come open, the saints are gonna be standing around you. And it's going to be over and we're going to be headed home. And Oh, the, the text is going to become flesh again. Because Jesus in his life gave prophecy concerning the church. And when the Holy Ghost came into the church, a little while, the world won't see me, but you will. I'll be with you even in you. After a while, and they wrote that down. Well, that's good. We better write that down. Well, after a while, that text became flesh. See? And then, the, then, what, could the, then what did the church, what, what advantage did they now have? They could now go and say, you see, you see this church here with all this power and signs and wonders? This is, this is what was recorded by our Lord. He said this would happen. Just like Peter on the day of Pentecost. When they, they looked at their action... And they said, you're drunk. He says, no, you misunderstand what you're seeing. This is Joel's prophecy. 
that in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is what you're seeing. That text has become human. So now go to Paul's teaching in text to say, oh, don't, you know, don't worry. That I know you're, you're troubled over the rapture, but just let me tell you, there's first got to be the lawless one. He's got to come and be exposed. Don't go thinking the rapture's already passed. It hasn't happened yet because there's first got to come a falling away. And, and he goes down through all of these texts. And today you're seeing that text in flesh in the world. You're seeing the lawless one in control of the world. Paul's words have materialized. Well, just keep following it because he said, don't fear because the dead in Christ shall rise and we which are alive and remain shall be changed, caught up in a moment, in a twinkling. I'm here to tell you that's going to become human. Hallelujah. And it can't help but become that because it's already underway. We're already, thank you, sir. We're already being transitioned. The soul part of you is already sitting in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. I guarantee you, you're guaranteed not to hear that in in 99% of the Christian pulpits around the world. I tell you, if you want to hear something like that and understand God's plan for you, that's why God sent a prophet and brought a message and broke the seals and loosed the mystery of Christ and gives you a revelation that you're a part of that. And I know it's happening here in 2023. I'm more, uh, that word is more flesh than it was last night. And my goal, say, what's your, what's your New Year's resolution? I don't have any. I got a goal that my goal and his goal will be the same goal. Hallelujah. So the spirit of lawlessness, we see it everywhere. It's, it's permeated, I mean, every aspect of human life. Politics, religion, economics, science, education, the, the social issues. Every, the whole fabric of human life is permeated. The lid was torn from hell. See, the Bible, that's not Brother Branham using poetic license. That's the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation shows, historically speaking, tying prophecy to modern events that just before the first woe, which we know to be World War I, that just be the, the event that's happening in the book of Revelation, right as that is coming, before that happens, an angel is cast down from heaven and given a key to the bottomless pit. And a prophet ties that angel right back to Isaiah. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? And and he literally has a key to open the bottomless pit. And, And now, as Brother Branham said, the lid has been taken from hell and demon powers are streaming into the earth. Why do you think they decided to have a global war, something that had never happened? How did nations who were trying to prevent it and kings and kaisers and and czars and, and, and royalty were writing letters to each other saying, no, 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 we don't want war. No, we don't either. 
No, we don't either. Stop your armies. Okay, I'll stop mine. Okay, stop yours. And, the, and they couldn't stop it. Because demon powers had already infected the minds of men and prophecy had to become material. They can say, oh, it's the assassination of this one. I don't care what, what Satan used as a catalyst. It's God's word coming to pass. So, he's, so Satan is given an increase of power in the earth that he hadn't had before. He's got keys to the bottomless pit. Now, at the end of Armageddon, he's going to be thrown back into that pit and locked up. And all of his powers are going to go with him. And all of his influence will be gone. Whoa, happy day. Happy day. That millennial reign for a thousand years, I won't have to worry about the devil. Oh, my. That's enough to make me run up the road screaming. Hallelujah. No wonder I say, hasten your coming, Lord. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And, and then you notice, you think it's an accident. It's impossible to be an accident. And that's, that's the very same time that, that in 1906, right, right as Satan is released, he's, he's cast down and he opens the pit and demon powers are streaming and now turmoil starts in the world. But at the very same time in California, in 1906, God is bringing an Azusa revival. Why? Because when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises a standard. Amen. Hallelujah. To make sure his church could face the battles that it would have to face. I'm here to tell you, those seals were open because the battles you would have to face were unprecedented. That never been seen, no parallel for it in history. Paul said it's, and the book of Revelation said it's perilous times. A day like never has been before. You're in it. The lawless one is here, but so is Christ here. Hallelujah. And Satan has his material, and Christ has his material, and you're it. And I'm it. Hallelujah. These things are coming forward. They're firing rapidly. This is a short, quick work. It's a former latter rain all together, runs together quickly. The, the reapers from the Gentile harvest can scarcely clear the field. The field's the world. They can scarcely clear the field when the sowers for the next event are already entering the field to start sowing. And the Bible says the sowers are overtaking the reapers. Because the source for the next event is the spirit of Moses and Elijah to go to 144,000. But that can't happen until all these Gentile bride members, every name on the book has to be redeemed. Amen. Hallelujah. And we got to, and, and, and they're coming, the anointing, you say, oh, there's so much pressure in the world. There's so much. Brother Branham showed us that the, it's prophecy causing that. Amen. The darkness is getting congealed and squeezed because the, the approaching of the morning sun. Hallelujah. And as we are being perfected, it's actually causing the darkness of the world to become worse. But here's the ministry of the morning star. See? And so, so we find that, that before, you know, that the spirit of Moses and Elijah trying to prophecy, trying to come forward. And they're, they're saying, hey, you Gentiles, clear the field, man. 
Go in a rapture. Get out of here. Go in a rapture. We got a soul for the 144,000. And the bride is saying, all too happy to oblige. Hallelujah. Marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. Hallelujah. I, I'm happy to be a Christian. I'm happy to have a message. I'm happy to have the Holy Ghost. It's changing my life. And it'll soon change my body. Unmistakably, irrevocably, irreversibly. And I'll never have to come back here and do this again. So he says, I had a, a pastor write to me this morning. I, he don't have a clue. I, I, he said, I know you're going to be preaching soon, but I just got one little question on a little verse. Can you? He had no idea he's about to erupt a volcano because I was, I was all on my mind, everything I'm saying now. And I couldn't believe. I said, you got to be kidding me. And I, I would show you my text log. He's asked one question and I went. <laughs> but he's a good, great teacher in his own right also. And we were rejoicing back there in the back room. And I said, man, you got me ready to preach now. And I'm just getting ready to come out. <laughs> So he, and I won't, we're not going to take the time because I won't get to my main part. I haven't got to my main part yet. <laughs> but we find that he asked for a comment on Genesis 4.15. Now, Bible readers understand that this is the threat to not kill Cain. And God put a mark on him and labeled him. Marked him, said, don't anybody kill him. If you kill him, then there's going to be a seven times punishment, see? And he was saying, you know, what's, what's your take on that? I said, well, brother, I said, to me, that, that, that scripture is the, the perfect, if you want a perfect antithesis, if you want a perfect contrast, perfect contradistinction, Genesis 4.15, contrasting with Revelation 6.6, 6, touch not the oil and the wine. See, that's God Warning his family, don't kill Cain, because that would have made sense. That would have been the logical thing to do. Hey, this, this guy is Antichrist. Let's kill him so before he can multiply. Fix the problem. Well, it wouldn't have fixed the problem because Adam had already fallen and all nature fell under him. And the problem was not, not Cain multiplying. The problem was multiplying through sex because that wasn't the original way. And so even though under holy matrimony, it still comes the wrong way. And so no matter what, no matter how, how much Adam and Eve had skins of blood, no matter how much they did, all children would be born in sin. So it, but God is warning his family, listen, you're not going to be able to destroy him. There, there's going to have to go seven cycles. I'll deal with him in the end. Don't you try to do that. See, now you remember Brother Brandon picks that up in the church age book. And he, say, he, say, he starts talking about how that, he says, you know, e even though the Antichrist had great power in the dark ages, he, he, he was not able to completely stamp out Amen. the family of God. You remember that? He got them down to just a little sliver, but he couldn't finish them. And Brother Branham comes back and he says, and, and neither could the church. 
with all their signs and wonders and preachers and teaching and everything, neither could they destroy the Antichrist. Almost like a, like a, like a, like a war of attrition that's going to last for 2,000 years because the principle had to remain. In Matthew 13, when they said, Lord, there's tares among the wheat. Shall we destroy them? He says, no, let them grow together. And at the harvest time, I'll separate them out and I'll bind those bundles. I'll b- and that's plural. That's plural. Bundles. Because Revelation 17 shows how that she had names of blasphemy. Names of blasphemy. Noah, give me Revelation 17. Let's catch it while we're, while we're thinking about it. So we're going to start at verse 1. All right. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials. This is Elijah, of course. It's at the end time. He's carrying that seventh vial. Talked with me because, look, you're about to read the context of the end. So we know which angel it was. All right. It's not an angel three coming to teach angel church age seven. All right. It's seven to seven. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, what, what, what message of all the ages after Paul did this, Elijah of this day, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Verse 2. It's very clear who it is. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. True? And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Could I get an amen? Amen. Yes. This is the age of lawlessness. Verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit. See, John representing the bride. It takes this messenger who who also has the seventh vial to show to not only the one to identify Christ, but he's got to identify the Antichrist because the bride needs to know. And there can't be no guessing. It has to be, it can't be great thinkers under the man age, as brilliant as they were. They could get it wrong. And even if they got it mostly right, this had to be all correct. Because this would have to annihilate any charge against God's family. She's going to have to receive a word that literally justifies her as though she never did it in the first place and takes her all the way back to Genesis. I thank God for a messenger and a message in this day. So he carried me away in the spirit of the wilderness and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full, catch it, full of names, plural. Full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, take it down, bubs. So, so it's names of blasphemy. That's why when it goes into Matthew 13, it's, 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 it's bundles. It's tears. It's bundles. Not a bundle. It's bundles. And, and because it's all of these blasphemous names of man-made denominational systems. Who at the end time are secure under the umbrella of the beast system. Oh, friends, you can't make this stuff up. This is so perfect. And, and what, what happens, you see, that's why you have to see that. Say, why aren't we gone? Because that has to be on the earth first. He's got to bind them and bundle them. And that's what the Confederation of Church is all about. And, and, and I don't know that we certainly don't go all the way to the point where you can't buy or sell. 
The bride's all right. We already know she's gone by that time. But, but before the bride can leave, that, that has to materialize. That text has to come behind flesh. And there have to be denominational churches who think they have the gospel, but what they have is a blasphemous name. Because they have, they have rejected the word in this hour. They were fine for their day. God used them in their day. But now they're in, those great leaders have died off. And now they've, they've become worse than the mother whore. Amen. See? So in the end time of harvest, they are allowed, we find them under the tribulation period, allowed to still call themselves by their names. See, they don't, they don't have to become Rome or, or Catholic or nothing. They can, stay, they can stay Lutheran and Methodist and Baptist and UPC and United Pentecostal. They can, stay, they can stay all of those names. doesn't matter. They don't have to. That way they don't lose their charter. That's prophecy. That's not a man's opinion. That's prophecy. You can read it in the book. And the world is oblivious to it. You know why? Because the spirit of lawlessness has blinded the eyes of them. But Jesus said, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. That's, that's how he could so assuredly say this bride is predestinated not to fall. There's going to be a bride at the last day at the time of the former and latter rain coming together. A bride that will not be like Eve. She will not be like every church that ever backslid. She's going to go all the way to perfection. So, Revelation 17 then is being interpreted all the way back in Genesis 4. And, Revel and Matthew 13. No, don't kill Cain. That would, that would, because I'm going to use that in redemption. See, don't, don't break my plan. Don't kill him. And then he, it's, so it's a warning in both directions. Then he comes to the Antichrist. Don't you touch the oil and wine. See, because my plan of redemption is still working. It just goes to show you, friends, and I think you ought to take courage today to say, my goodness, if I can start at Genesis 1-1 and I can go all the way to the very first word and go all the way to the last word of the book of Revelation and I can see that God has brought every bit of it to pass so far and he's, bat bat he's batting a thousand and I'm going to bet against that. Mm -mm. No, you go ahead. Go ahead with all, you know, as I, as I said, when you don't get the real baptism of the Holy Ghost, you'll hunt around till you find a version of the gospel that you want to be true. But it won't be the real one. It'll be the one you wish was true. And there's plenty of them out there, see. So now comes the kingdom being restored. See, so, so now... So now when he, when, he, when he says here, let me, let me go back to our, to our opening text, all right? So, let, let, uh, Noah, go back to Joel chapter 2, and let's pick up at verse 24. Read through it a little slower this time. Perfect. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. Listen now. God is naming all four of them so that you understand 
there's nothing not going to be restored. So all the years that Satan destroyed the church, all your life, everything Satan has ever done to you, you're coming back to the kingdom, friends. I'm here to tell you everything that you were ordained to be in the mind of God. When Jesus prayed, Father, let let thy will be done in, in earth as it is. Let this image look like that image. You have an image that God has in his mind of you. And I'm here to tell you, when you go soaring through the skies, you're going to be back to that image. And I don't care what Satan has taken, and I don't even care if you were culpable and helped him. Jesus Christ is giving it back. This message is restoring all that was ever done to me. Hallelujah. It's bringing me back to pure innocence. It's destroying the effects. See, he goes on here. Watch. Look at it. Watch it destroy the effects. Verse 26. Ye shall eat in plenty. See, so he's destroyed the effects. And be satisfied. He's going to stop your crying. You know, we do cry, but joy comes in the morning. We have trouble. We do sorrow, but we don't sorrow as others who have no hope. Nothing wrong with sadness and sorrowing. Sometimes God has to take you down into the valley of sorrow to to slow you down long enough where he can talk to you. It's too bad. Brother Branham said it's too bad. He said that the desperation that we need a lot of times, he said you you can't get desperate enough to get the faith you need because desperation is a manufacturing plant and it produces raw faith. And a lot of times you can't get desperation until God brings you into a trial. And then, and Brother Branham just said it like this, it's too bad. It's too bad it has to be that way. But human beings are like that, see. And God sometimes has to bring us down low to teach us what we need to teach when we couldn't hear it on the mountaintop. We were too busy jumping up and down. And there was, he said, okay, I'm on the mountaintop, I'm finished. No, you're not. I'm growing all I need. No, you're not. You got a lot. You got more growing. How much more until you get out of here? Until you get out of here. Well, why? Why does, why does Sister Susie not have to go through my trial? My goodness. It looks like he likes her better than me. Uh, you know, why does Brother Billy, why does he not have to go through what I have to go through? Looks like the Lord's showing favoritism. The Lord's not showing favoritism. Here's the bottom line. You don't know what you'll be on the other side, but he does. You don't know what you need prepped for, but he does. Everybody's going to have a place and a position. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, everybody raises in their order. And so you got a mission. you got a job. And say, it's my mission when I leave here. My mission is over. Your mission is just starting. You're to be priests and kings. You're to, you're, to, you're to be the distributors of God's justice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're to set up new government in a new world called the millennium. Hallelujah. And there'll be nations and peoples. And there's got to be governance. So you don't know what position God will have for you. So you've got to be trained differently. You can't get trained like me. I can't get trained like you. We're not going to have the same position. See? But his promise is, can I just give you the, the Bible promise? You'll be satisfied. And you'll praise the name of the Lord your God. Verse 26, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied 
and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. What God is going to do for you there, you will, you will have one opinion about your life here. Say, how is your life down there? God has dealt wondrously with me. Oh, man, but I, I saw you crying and weeping and pouting and a bad attitude and you, know, you quit church and you, you stopped paying your tithes and you criticized the song leader and the deacon, and, uh, but, 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 but I'm, I'm redeemed. <laughs> and he cleaned me up. Well, what's your opinion of your life? It looked pretty hard. No, the Lord was dealing wondrously with me. All, I didn't know it, but all of that was wonderful. All of that hardship was wonderful. See, my people shall never be ashamed. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I'll tell you something, friends. That is oftentimes when we're in our darkest hour. Isn't that true? We wonder where is God. There's coming a time you'll never wonder that again. You're coming to a, to a reality where you will know that he's in your midst and that he is the Lord your God and none else. And all those other things you worshiped were vanity. Amen. And God has redeemed you. My people shall never be ashamed, he says again at the end of verse 27. So we find then that he's coming to restore. So the effects, and now here's what I want to get to. So the effects of the former and latter rain falling together slash the opening of the seals, slash the mighty God unveiled, slash the revelation that has come to us and that the revelation that you pray for every day. Amen. There's nothing you should pray for more than that. See, it's amazing how many things we pray and ask the Lord to give us like Santa Claus. And, and we think of God more as a vending machine you know, but really what you should be praying for is not an, an extra zero in your bank account or three or four model year improvement on your vehicle or a house with an extra 10,000 square foot or a few more friends or likes. That's not what you should be praying for. Above everything, you should pray for revelation because there's nothing to give you such prevailing faith as revelation. Revelation of who he is, and then you see who you are, see? So he's restoring all that Satan destroyed. So, 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 and, and that's, that's beautiful because the, the end game is, and it's happening now, that we get the same power, signs, and wonders, and divine energies that the apostles had. This thing has come full circle. Yes. Listen, you, you know, we, it, it's amazing to where we talk about miracles and things that happen and we've got testimonies of even recent miracles, impossible situations yes. where God by his supernatural power, by simple prayer, that's all it took, Hallelujah. just simple prayer. No one had to cross the sea. No one had to go up to heaven and bring it down. All you had to do was pray. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And you get Brother Travis and Brother Matt walking into a man with no chance of life. He has terminal cancer and a gorder on the side of his neck nearly as big as his own head. And all they do is just tell him what the word says. 
and they give him a testimony of another sister. Faith stirs. They lay hands on him, pray for him. Just a simple thing. And, and now the man's alive and healthy and not a trace of impossible to cure cancer. That's book of Acts stuff. See? That, that's discerning of spirits and the word of God. What is it doing? It's separating out the believer from the make-believer and the unbeliever. See? And it's beautiful. And God's doing it. See? And so, so this is... This is the restoration of all that Satan destroyed. You know, I get to be restored back to the image that he saw of me before the foundation of the world. That is the very words I pray for many of you. And, and, and the Lord laid it even upon my heart to pray that. I, I, it started with a particular family that I had a burden for in South Africa preaching meetings. And I come out of the meetings and I'm weeping uncontrollably. I can't even stop crying. And I'm in my bungalow. It's in the middle of the night. I don't even know what's wrong with me. And I'm weeping and crying, Lord God. And, 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 I, and I, I get on. I said, oh, I've got to hear some worship music. I write a text. Hey, Deb, will you go to your piano, sister, and, and sing this song and record yourself and send it to me. I want to I wanna hear that song. She's like, sure, Godfather. We're happy, happy to do that. <laughs> she gets out. I don't know what time it was. She gets out of her bed or wherever she was, stopped cleaning or whatever was going on. And she sits down at the piano. I can hear kids playing. And she's, she's pounding out a song. She loves it and I love it, and, and I sit there in my room and listening to that, I'm in, I'm in another continent over the seven seas, and I'm sitting there worshiping in spirit and in truth, and you know what happens? The Lord comes on my heart, and I've got a particular, particular need, and the Lord begins to speak to me, and I can hear him forming my words, and he's saying, this is because they asked Jesus, teach us to pray, and the Lord said, I'm going to teach you to pray, pray just like this, Lord, bring them, the family in my mind, bring them to the image today, bring them a little closer to the image you saw of them before the foundation of the world. And it wasn't even very long after that, the Lord started expanding it, saying, pray this about them too, and about them, and about them, and about them, and about them. So, uh, you know, I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know. You might be getting a spanking for all I know, but it might be my fault. (laughs) The Lord might be pulling rugs out from under you. Sorry. But that's what pastors do. It's what shepherds do. They pray for their sheep. I got a painting in my office. Sister Dorothy painted it. It's a one-off. There's not another one like it in the world. She painted it just for me. I said, Sister Dorothy, I see myself. It's in the late night. I'm standing in a field. All my sheep are bedded down asleep. And I see Jesus standing on a rock. And I'm standing there as a shepherd. And he's the great shepherd. And I'm gesturing to this one. But Lord, what about this one and this case and this need? And he's gesturing saying, okay, for this one, do this. And for this one, do this. And you go to my office and look, Sister Dorothy painted my vision. It came out of my mind and came onto a canvas. And I, and, I, and, I, and I don't know what's happening in your lives, but Brother Jason finds himself often saying, Lord, for this family, for this brother, for this sister, for this teenager, I pray today, today, that you'll bring them a little closer. Don't let them go to bed until they come a little closer to the image you saw of them before the foundation of the world. See, he saw the the life that he saw of me before the foundation of the world. That's why he taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done as in heaven 
He says it in Luke backwards. In heaven, so in earth. See? So our actions then become literally, friends, I don't think we realize at all times that our actions are are more often than not becoming the expression of God's mind. And I think I'd like for you to go into 2023 with that at the front of your mind because the whole plan of redemption at the end time was to produce a bride who would be the flesh expression of the invisible God. That he would be seen by the world in you. So you want to you want a prayer for for tonight say lord Thank you for this wonderful day. Give me a good night's rest. And in the morning when I rise, give me a little more Jesus so that I can go forward and I can be a greater expression of you. Friends, don't pray for anything till you get all of that. That's becoming my all-consuming prayer. Lord, more and more and more and more. Less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you till there's none of me and it's all of you. That's, that's really the true interaction between heaven and earth. That's what it's all about. That's the interaction between heaven and earth. You have a dimensional portal. That's what prayer is. It literally, I'm here to tell you something. I went through a dimensional portal here a couple weeks ago. Brother Matthew sat in an office and told us last night that a, a dimensional portal opened up and a being stepped into his office. Hallelujah, how are you? And I I went back and I was looking at his text. He was trying to explain it to me. He said, Dad, it's so incredible. He said, I was scared, but but it wasn't fear. He said, I was scared, but it wasn't anxiety. (laughs) How do you be scared with no fear and anxiety? That takes a supernatural presence. Oh my. This is why Paul would say, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, Noah. 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Now, all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So, so without the mind of Christ restored back, you know, I mean, the, the whole purpose is to see these great secrets in the back part of God's mind. If we don't have that, then we're no better off or further along than the Bible students of history. And that, that's what they had. I mean, there has to come something to finish this thing. It can't just keep going to another age. There aren't any more ages. And so there has to be something more than just history students uh, taking our, taking, giving our opinion with the rest of the theological world. Our opinion with 33,000 other denominational opinions. That was never going to bring heaven and earth together. It would take the voice of God speaking to us in this day. Hallelujah. See, so that, it, so that even if history can be known, and much of it is, and the world is still crashing and burning. Modern Christianity leading the way. See? Because the way can't be known intellectually. See, with all of their brilliant scholarship, the world is steadily getting worse. And always has been. And has never turned around. 
And from the time that Lucifer was cast out of heaven and given keys to the bottomless pit, that was going to bring on the, the first woe, which was going to lead to the second, which was going to lead to the third, which was going to uh, white man, sweet man from the face of the earth. But there's an injunction here. You got to hold up. I got servants. I got a seal. There's a, dre a dreadful day of the Lord coming in Malachi. But hold on. I got to first send Elijah. Get my bride out of the way. Otherwise, friends, if it's not that, then we're, no, we're in no better position than all the rest of them. Oh, but God, rich in mercy. God did something more than just give us intellectualism. He opened those seven seals. You see, the confusion, and there was confusion in the early days. I remember it. I grew up through it, sitting in ministers' meetings and hearing them talk and is the seventh seal open? Is it not? Is it? Is it not? Yes, it is. No, it's not. Well, it, it, it's not to the public, but it is to the bride. What does that even mean? And, and you know, the, but, now at that, but now that we come these decades later, I can tell you ministry around the world understand that, of course, it's open. The confusion as to whether or not the seventh seal was indeed open was due in part to the infant age of the bride when she was born. Remember, she was an infant. Remember when Jesus was coming, three stars lined up, the wise men followed him? Remember that? And, and Brother Branham shows now as the, as, as the seals are getting ready to come, as the mighty angels getting ready to descend, a seventh angel standing on the earth waiting. See, he's already a messenger to Laodicea to a church age, but he's not in the ministry of Malachi 4 yet. That doesn't come to the opening of the seals. Now he crosses under a new anointing. And because the age put Christ out and rejected him. And now that prophet is not trying to get people into that church. He's trying to get them out of it. Come out of her. That's the message of the hour. Come out of her, my people. Why should I come out of this church? Because you're, you're being a partaker of her sin and you're going to be destroyed with her. See? So come out. Come up. Come out where? Come up higher. Come up into the opening of the word. But she was an infant when she was born. Brother Branham says that on tape. He says five stars lined up right before the seals opened. He said, what was it? It was, a, it was an announcement. It was announcing uh, an infant bride. It was, it was, he says it was announcing her approach. Amen. She was about to be birthed like Genesis by the word. Mm. See, so <clears throat> part of the reason... For the confusion was in part at least to the infant age of the word born bride. She wasn't realizing that although open, that although it was open, now, now follow me closely because this is really heavy on my heart. I want you to understand this concept. She wasn't realizing at her young tender age that although it was certainly open, it's fuller understanding would come with her future growth going forward. Amen. By that I mean that when we begin to see that it was open, we realize now what the prophet has said, not only during the seals, seven seals series, but even more at what he said after the seven seals opened. See? That's why when you come to what is the attraction on the mountain, Brother Branham's just shocked and stunned. And he's, he's saying, my goodness, what happened back there in Coronado Forest? 30 miles north of Tucson. And it's just dawning on him even as a prophet. Wow, I see it now. It was a setting of prophecy, a setting of history. 
And he's trying to get this young little bride to understand when we begin to see that it was open and we realize what a prophet said about it during the seals and after the seals regarding the coming of the Lord. I mean, the sermons preached after the seals made us realize that the mystery hidden under the seventh seal was to be understood as the word coming into the bride. Now, I've thought a lot about how I worded that. I want to say it again. The sermons preached after the seals particularly made us realize as we began to grow and mature and decade fell upon decade. We've begun to realize that the mystery hidden under the seventh seal was to be understood as the word forming itself in a bride. You understand me? That's why, that's why It's still a mystery to the world. And it wouldn't matter if they heard the whole Seven Seals series. And it wouldn't matter if they heard all the sermons after the Seven Seals. It still takes a revelation. It still requires the Holy Spirit to break it upon us. The greatest revelation we can have and the one Brother Branham taught us to pray for above all other revelation was was a revelation of who we are in Christ. This is why we spend so much time getting the devil off your back about your past failures. Let me say today as an authoritative voice, he has no charge against you that God will hear. This bride stands flawless. She's a flawless diamond. And he will not hear a charge against her. This is what the opening of the seals has done. That's the super weapon of mass destruction that the devil doesn't want you to know, see. That's the one we wield against the devil. That Brother Branham says, by God's spirit to discern and withstand the Antichrist spirit, Satan will be powerless before her. He will be as definitely thwarted today as when Christ withstood his every effort to gain power over him in the desert. Yes, Satan hates revelation, but we love it. With true revelation in our, eye, in our lives, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us, but we prevail over them. I just thought about prevail over them. Yeah, all those demons trying to hold those gates, I just kick them down and crush them and I just walk right over the top of them. Walk right into my promised land. He's not keeping me out of, out of Zion. Hallelujah. Because Zion is my promise. I'm going to restore Zion. I'm going to restore all the years that the canker worm in my arm and everything Satan did. I'm going to take it all back and I'm going to finish you. And as I finish you, you're going to finish him. See? So the mystery, you remember the the mystery that Paul spoke of? Uh, Ephesians 3, Noah. Ephesians 3. Now watch. Here's the mystery. Verse 8 through 13. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see 
What is the fellowship of the mystery? So now the mystery is not a doctrine. The mystery wants fellowship. So the mystery is a person. It's not a teaching. It's not books and tapes and quotes. You understand? It's a person. Hallelujah. See? And here's why. So Paul's desire is to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God. See, this is the baptism of the Holy Ghost who created all things by Jesus Christ. Remember he said, I'll pull you out of the mire and I'll sprinkle clean water on you. I'll justify you of all your past sins. Now, justification is great for your past sins. I don't help you in the future. See, the, the foolish virgin get that. They get justified of all their past sins. They repent. And God forgives all their sins. And they even get the second stage of, of the Holy Ghost in sanctification on their flesh. And they live sanctified lives. Because Matthew 25 shows that they're righteous people. They're saints, which means sanctified. So the foolish virgin is not the Tommy Rod of Christianity you see represented today. Foolish virgin are sanctified people. Period. End of story. They're sanctified. They're righteous living. See? And so, so but, 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 he, but he said, I won't stop there. I'll, I'll bring you out and I'll sprinkle clean water on you. I'll clean you up. And then I'll give you a new spirit. See, there's sanctification. He says, but... Then I'll give you my spirit. Now there's the token. And when I pour my spirit in you, I will cause you to keep my word. He's not saying you won't ever make a mistake. He's saying you'll never disbelieve again. You'll accept and say amen to every word. And even if I can't produce it, I want to. And even if I'm failing, I say, God, forgive me. Help me. Help me to be all that the word has said about me. To the intent, verse 10, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him wherefore I desire that you faint not in my tribulation, my tribulations for you which is your glory. See, so, so the body then so the opening of the seven seals would show that the body of Christ is literally seen as a pyramid. Now, Peter built that thing. See, said it starts out with a foundation of faith. That's your, that's your new birth. You're not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not perfect faith until you're born again. See, and then you're adding on top of that, adding on top of that. You're not, you're not waiting to get good enough to get the crown. You're already good enough by predestination. You've surrendered your life and repented of your sins and you're passed from death unto life. And now God is building on top of you this and this and this and this and this. Now, quite naturally, he's not going to expend a lot of power through you if you're not willing to add and add and add and add and add. He's not, uh, he's not an unwise father who just spoils his children, hands out supernatural power like candy. You're going to have to add to faith virtue. You're going to have to add to virtue knowledge. You're going to have to add. You're going to have to add in some brotherly kindness. You're going to have to add in some temperance. You're going to have to work on that. See? So the body is seen as a pyramid of the history of the true church. It's divided into seven church ages with their messengers to each age and their accompanying message. So the, res the restoration restored Paul's vision of the mystery. That's what this restoration has accomplished. It has restored Paul's vision of the mystery. Yeah. 
It literally took a church in decline. The first thing it had was falling through the first, through the second, through the third. My goodness, by the time they got to the fourth, they'd crowned a false prophet. I mean, this was bad. See, I mean, it's where Satan's seed is. Goodness gracious. See, and so, so God's got to first stop the decline. Arrest it. Turn it around. Okay, Luther, you ready? Yes, sir, Lord. All right, launch. And we start building it back. John Wesley, get ready. Get ready. I'm ready, sir. Six stars, slings it into the earth. Now the church takes another step. Get ready, you Azusa revivalist, because I'm going to pour out the promise of Joel, and I'm going to bring restored gifts and, and power back to the church. You know why? You know why, Brother Evans said God did that? Because the church didn't, it, although it was a, a true church, it didn't seem to have the power it ought to have. And so God turns loose gifts and signs and wonders and restores that back to the church. Why anybody would want to shut that down is a mystery to me. I mean, if you're going to shut the gifts down, shut the fruits of the Spirit down. I want all of, the, all of it. I want all the fruits and all the gifts, and I want all the operation. I want all the complete liberty of the Holy Ghost. We don't have to be afraid of that. We're a mature bride. We're not an infant bride anymore. We're not chasing after Pentecostalism. We got the real Pentecost, the true foundation of the church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's what we're enjoying today, friends. That's what the seals restored to us. I'll not give away my inheritance. It's your inheritance. It belongs to you. why a prophet had to see a bride brought in review twice. He sees the Alpha Church, he's rejoicing, and then here comes the, here comes the church of, of, of the ages, and it's not really the bride, it's the church, and it gets worse and worse and worse until he gets to the last one. He can't even look at it. It's so vulgar. It's such, it's such vulgarity and nastiness and, and partial Partial, you know, indecency and, and worldly music and they've turned church worship into a rock and roll affair. And it doesn't even matter. They can stand up there when women with their bobbed off hair contrary to the scripture and cry real tears thinking they're worshiping God and they're worshiping Lucifer because the Bible teaches that. They have forsaken the word of God. Oh, come out of her, my people. Be, re- be free today. I'm giving you a word of liberty. Rejoice in the, in the liberty that God has given us. Men can get up there and smoke and drink and curse and carouse, marry three and four, five times and get up there and be pastors and preachers and teachers. Vomit. That's vomit. That's a Bible word, not my word. Their tables are filled with vomit. That's not the power of God. This is the power of God. When this becomes living flesh, that's God living in his church. Hallelujah. See? So the bride, he couldn't look at it, but finally a bride has to be brought back again. And he said, I heard somebody was marching. And he said, I looked, and here come that sainted bunch of little girls 
all clean, smooth, long hair flowing down their back. Brother Ram says, no paint, no makeup, none of the world's nonsense. They didn't, they didn't look like they went into a five and dime with a magnet on and covered up in every kind of nonsense. Hallelujah, this, this bride was clean and she was smooth and she was marching in the harmony of the word, marching to the step of the gospel. And what was it? It was an old-timey song, Onward Christian Soldiers. Hallelujah, how many Christian soldiers we got in here today that are willing to march on to Zion? Oh my, she was marching to the rhythm of the word. That sheet music that Jesus Christ composed himself. Oh, go listen to Shalom. Go listen to the masterpiece. It was a symphony. This bride was to play out the music that he wrote. This is, this is music, see. He wrote this. Oh, friends, do you understand? Do you understand that this isn't a report card? This is a marriage book. I'm not graded by some report card. I'm in love with the king. Oh, I'm in love with the word. It's changed my whole life. It's changed my whole appetite. It's taken the things of the world away from me. I don't desire those things anymore. And the word is now becoming behind skin. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. The kingdom is being restored. Do you believe that today? They want to run up and down the road and say, there's a non-negotiable. Oh, yeah, what is it? You have to believe the Trinity. Really? So you understand Paul didn't believe what you believe about that. Neither did Peter. Neither did John. So does that mean they're out? They didn't believe what the Trinity teaches today. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Not even third cousin twice removed. (laughs) They didn't believe it at all. You know, Paul, Paul knew exactly who he was. It's the word of God. It's Christ. It's Christ seeking to live in you. That's the Godhead. It's Christ expressing himself from Genesis in a family and letting it go through the whole plan of redemption and restoring it back. And that bride is literally living the sheet music of the word. Oh, there's, there's non-negotiables. You better believe there's some non-negotiables. First non-negotiable is you must be born again. Won't do you a bit of good to join a church, put your name on a book. Wouldn't do you any good to join this church. You actually can't join it. We don't have a membership. But it wouldn't do you any good to just sit here and be a carnal believer. You'll still miss the rapture. You'll still show up up one day on Sunday, hopefully you will, and you'll be sitting in here by yourself. I don't want that. I don't want that for not one of you. I want us all. I want all you guys, as my Pennsylvania friend used to say. I want all you to make it. <laughs> you must be born again, see. And 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 another one, you know, it there you know there, there there's two, I would say two non-negotiables. You know, the, the 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 world tries to make the Trinity a non-negotiable. There are two non-negotiable elements to redemption in the last days, and neither one of them are a construct of human intellectualism. You have to be born again by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the only way that comes is when God reveals his word and you agree and say amen to every word that he has revealed. 
Every word that he reveals, you have to say, me, Lord, me, right here. Me, count me in, I'll take it. That's me, I'll believe it, I'll not only only hear it, I'll receive it, I'll act upon it. Amen, hallelujah, I'll act upon it. See, And, 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 and and then in the last day, we had to have the perfect word. It had to be restored back because it was Paul's perfect teaching that was taking them to a body change, only they backslid. And so it began to decline. So if he's going to get it, if he's going to get a bride raptured, he can't come with some partial truth in the ages. He's got to he's have a vessel that can go all the way back and pick up Paul's original teaching by, ins- by prophetic inspiration and bring the full message back to a full bride who can have full faith and get a full body change. So another non-negotiable, it had to be a prophet. That is non-negotiable. It had to come through a prophet because you had to be born again by the Holy Ghost. And prophets are, they rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. My, I could just keep going. I could keep going. I could keep going. We'll catch it for another time. I'm already into overtime. Stand up with me, friends. This is what I want on your hearts and minds going into 2023. We have not believed cunningly devised tales. This thing is real. And this thing came to, it came to not leave you like it found you. Can I just say that to you? That's why it came. And if your name is on that book, he will give you neither peace nor quarter of any kind until you fully surrender to every word of God. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you this morning. There's more that I could say, Lord, more notes here, but I just feel that we've had enough now. What a wonderful day. What a wonderful service we had last night. Lord, to see the families coming together, to, 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 to come to your table to partake, Lord, in symbology of your broken body and your blood that was shed for us. Thrilled my heart, Lord, to see teenagers coming, saying, I'll take the way with the Lord's despised few. Not ashamed to step up to a table and partake of the Lord's body and blood, figuratively speaking. It did my heart good to see the camaraderie, Lord, we had in the the foot washing with the brothers out there. And I know it was the same here with the sisters in in the sanctuary. Lord, these are great things that you're doing and it's a great time. It's no time, Lord, to be asleep at the switch or idle. It's no time. There's no time to let the world lure us away. Oh, Master, how we need fresh vision for this new year. Bring it to us, Lord. Give us fresh vision for what you would have us not only to do, but to be. For that was your word to me, Lord. If I could just be more, then you would do more. Lord, we heard about it last night. We don't even realize this is the time when angels are to appear. This is the time we bump into angels. This is the time we are bumping into supernatural things. We wonder, oh God, and we feel that great sweep come across us. Eternity's just in front of us. Lord, I pray so earnestly today for all of these people here in the audience and those, Lord, sick and couldn't be here last night or couldn't be here today, those traveling out of town who will hear it later, Lord, I just pray that your word that takes root in the hearts of your children, that you'll water it day and night. You'll lead and guide, Lord, whatever you have to do. If you have to lead through a valley of the shadow of death, if you have to lead through trials and hardship, do whatever you got to do, Lord. 
I just say to you, Father, for myself and for the flock that you have put under my care by whatever means necessary. I raise up both my hands and I say, Lord, by whatever means necessary. Bring us, Lord, bring this Bethel Tabernacle family, every member of it, a little closer today. Whatever you need to do, bring us a little closer today to the image that you saw of us before the foundation of the world. We commit it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You love him, friends. Let's have a couple, a little bit of worship here. Sing for us, son. Oh, I love this. One with God the Lord most high. Your hidden glory and creation. Think about it. What a beautiful name it is, the name yes. of Jesus. Hallelujah. You didn't want heaven without. Oh, think about that, friends. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. Oh, my sin was great. Your love was great. Was great. Hallelujah. And what can separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. Hallelujah. What a wonderful name it is. The name, the name of Jesus Christ. Don't you love him, friends? Don't you love him? What a wonderful
hallelujah, Lord God. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Glory unto the King. Oh, we love you today, Lord. Give him praise, friend. Oh, my. He who has given so much to us. Can we give him our praise? Can we give him our lives? Can we give him our heart and our mind and all? Not, not just give him our, you know, not like Brother Branham said, Samson, you know, he, he gave his, his gifts to God, but he gave his heart to Delilah. Oh, wow, how messed up that was. I just say, Lord, I don't, I don't want that to be me. I, that's my example to not be like that. I love Samson. I'm going to meet him someday. We're going to talk about him and say, buddy, I learned a lot from you. I learned what not to do. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm glad the Lord exacted revenge on all of his enemies. And the Bible said Samson killed more of God's enemies in his death. I mean, that's God. Wow. You spend a whole life helping, helping God's enemies. And in one fell swoop, God exceeds that and multiplies it over. And he, he destroys more of God's enemies in his death than in all of his life when Satan thought he had him. Satan ain't never actually had one of God's people. God has never lost one of those names, and he never will. Turn around and shake hands with somebody standing near you. Make sure you make our visitors welcome. We're so happy to have them here today. We're going to let you go. Brother Matt will sing us happy. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Oh, let me, let me, let me remind you that uh, our, our normal fellowship thingy that we do out here in the fellowship hall. Remember, Brother Brad and Sister uh, Sarah are having that at their, at their place. So Sister Debbie and I are going to go, and for all those who want to be there, come one, come on. All you visitors, come on. Come, everybody. Go get neighbors and bring them. <laughs> I'm not going to look at them when I say that, see. <laughs> but I know Brad and Sarah. I know that they will, they will back me up no matter what I say. So... Go get your friends, say we're gonna have good food and fellowship. And if I get enough, if I get enough neighbors over there, I might preach another sermon. God bless you, friends. You can be dismissed in Jesus' blessed name. Blessed be. Blessed be. Blessed be your name. Lord, blessed be.
let your people and let your people proclaim that you are holy breaking down 